Welcome to episode 16 of the TTM Academy podcast. I'm your co-host, Felipe Tran, and I'm here today with Dr. Ben Abella, Editor-in-Chief of the TTM Academy and Director of the Center for Resuscitation Science here at University of Pennsylvania. What is the TTM Academy? The Penn TTM Academy is University of Pennsylvania's multidisciplinary initiative to improve quality of care following cardiac arrest. The TTM Academy is a comprehensive educational platform developed by the Center for Resuscitation Science that is designed to provide training in all aspects of post-arrest care, including targeted temperature management therapies, or TTM. You can check us out at www.penttm.com, where you can find all episodes of this podcast and much more, including online training courses, live courses, and workshops. You can also follow us on Twitter at PennTTM, where you can send us your questions or ideas for future topics that you would like us to discuss. Today, Dr. Abella is going to tell us about a couple of recent papers that have shed the light on some important gender differences among cardiac arrest survivors. Some of our own colleagues here at the CRS have done important work in this area, and Dr. Abella is going to tell us specifically about um, recent investigations published on this area, one of them uh, conducted recently by a Swedish group that looked specifically at findings and differences among genders in survivors of cardiac arrest in uh, their findings of uh, angiography in post-arrest. So Ben, uh, tell us about this important topic. Thank you, Felipe. It's good to be back with you. And uh, yes, the topic today is going to be gender differences in post-cardiac arrest care. And we're going to cover two areas of this, both some of the biology or rather some of the clinical findings that are different between men and women, but then also some of the process differences, some of the ways men and women appear to be taken care of differently following arrest, which has provoked a lot of thinking around equity and and gender treatment in cardiovascular care more generally, uh, but certainly in cardiac arrest more specifically. And so the place we're going to jump off from is a very recent paper published uh, in 2019 in the journal Resuscitation by Eric Lindgren et al. This is a group, a Swedish group, that has done a lot of work in cardiac arrest care. And if you look in the show notes, you can get the full citation for this paper. This group wanted to investigate the question, first, of whether men and women get coronary angiography at different rates following resuscitation from cardiac arrest. As many of our listeners know, uh, a very large debate currently in the literature is whether patients should receive early cath following cardiac arrest or whether they should receive cath at all following cardiac arrest, because certainly a proportion of post-arrest patients have significant coronary disease, acute coronary syndrome, or STEMI, and that may benefit from immediate treatment. So the first question they wanted to ask is whether men and women get cath at the same rates, whether there's a sort of care difference between men and women. But then they wanted to get at some of the clinical differences or biologic differences. They wanted to ask the question, were men or women more likely to present with STEMI post-arrest or have other EKG findings that were consistent with acute coronary syndrome? And then they wanted to ask the question of whether men and women actually had different findings, were there different patterns between men and women on subsequent angiography. So this is a set of questions that they wanted to get at. And the way they addressed this was they used the, uh, the Swedish Register for Cardiopulmonary Resuscitation. This is a uh, longstanding registry in Sweden. They've done a lot of work over the years of collecting through their national health uh, data registries, uh, cases of cardiac arrest for analysis. And a number of excellent studies have come out of Sweden retrospectively looking at both issues of process of care and also of biology. 
So in this case, they had a cohort of patients who went to angiography, and they had about 1,500 patients, to be precise, 1,498 patients, who were included in this retrospective analysis. Like many cardiac arrest retrospective studies, most were men. 78% were men in this cohort. For some reason, that remains a little unclear. Uh, men tend to be overrepresented in all cardiac arrest studies. It appears that men get cardiac arrest at a higher rate than women. There's a lot we could unpack about that statement. I'm just going to leave it as, as it is, that more men than women were uh, included in the study. Now, one of the first questions they asked were, what did they find on initial EKG post-arrest? What, what did they find? And what they found was that the rate of STEMI was the same. So men and women seemed to have ST segment elevation at about the same rate, around 30% in both groups. So there was not a gender difference in EKG findings. Uh, now, what was interesting, though, is despite that, early cath was performed less in women. Now, it wasn't statistically significant. Um, for those who are sticklers, the p-value is 0.08, but there was certainly a strong trend towards less early coronary angiography in patients with STEMI or ST-segment elevations in men versus women. Men had a higher rate of cath. And this is consistent with a number of prior studies showing that women get cathed following arrest at a lower rate. One I could point to, again, it's referenced in the show notes, is a Korean study, Jiang et al., uh, that was also published in 2019, showing that women were significantly less likely in Korea to get coronary angiography following cardiac arrest. There's also a French study that I also have included in the show notes that shows a similar finding of a lower rate of coronary angiography. Now, why would women get a lower rate of angiography? Does this have to do with structural sexism? Does this have to do with perceived risk of coronary disease? These process measures are unclear, but it, it remains to be a consistent finding in every country in which it's been looked. Okay, so then what were the findings they had on cardiac cath. And this is also a, a very interesting uh, biological finding. They found that men were much more likely to have significant coronary disease and also much more likely to have multivessel coronary disease. So for example, and by the way, this is the patients who did not have ST-segment elevation. After all, one would expect a very high rate of coronary disease when you have an ST-segment elevation. That's why we generally recommend going to the cath lab for that. We, it's presumed a STEMI until we prove otherwise. For the patients who had no ST-segment elevations following arrest and who went to the cath lab, men were found to have much more likely to have at least one significant stenosis. So 78% men versus 54% women. Um, and this was uh, very significant with a p-value of 0.001. They also were found to have much uh, more likely prevalence of multivessel disease, and that was also statistically significant. And importantly, they had normal angiography, that is clean coronaries, at a much lesser rate. 22% of post-arrest men without ST-segment elevation had normal coronary angiography, versus 46% in women. Now, one point I'd like to make, which is not uh, directly from their work, but is an important sidebar observation, is just that uh, normal angiography was pretty uncommon in all patients following cardiac arrest. And this has been shown before, so this is not a new finding, but it's quite striking here, because these are patients who did not have ST-segment elevation, but yet, in both men and women, less than 50% of these patients had normal in geographies. So a take-home point for clinicians as a practical matter is that coronary disease is very common 
in patients following cardiac arrest, which is one of the reasons why the question of who needs cath and when do they need cath is just so important. Those of you who have listened to prior podcasts have learned about the COACT trial, a very important study from 2019, where patients were randomized to early versus late cath, and they found no differences uh, in outcome versus early or late cath, but that study raised as many questions as answers. If you want, you can listen to that podcast um, from our series on the COACT trial, very important trial. That trial, however, did not focus on gender. It was a randomized trial looking at early versus late cath. But I'm just making the point that the reason why this question is so critical and we need more research on post-arrest angiography and post-arrest cath is that this is a very, very high-risk patient with a very high frequency of coronary disease. But it does seem to be less common in men to have clean coronaries than, sorry, less common to have clean cores in men than women. Yes, I said that correctly. Okay. Now, the other uh, point to come from this is when patients did go to cath, because men were so much more likely to have coronary disease, they were, of course, more likely to actually get a PCI. So among the patients uh, who went to cath lab, 59% of men got a PCI versus 42% of women. These are the people who uh, were found to have coronary disease. So men were more likely to get an intervention than women. So there's, there's a lot here. There's differences in process. That is to say, men got cath at a higher rate. There's differences in findings, angiographic findings, that women were more likely to have negative caths, and, and men were more likely to get PCI. Now, I want to broaden this discussion to say that this is just one aspect of a broader question of how genders are treated differently and how they're different following cardiac arrest. So I want to highlight another important study on this, uh, not related to cath, but definitely related to processes of care. And this is the work of Sarah Perman and her colleagues, also from 2019. And you can find this in the show notes. It's on uh, gender differences in do not attempt resuscitation orders after out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. And uh, Sarah Perman and her colleagues looked at a fairly large cohort of patients. This was from a California state inpatient data set, so a large registry from the United States. And they found that female survivors of cardiac arrest were much more likely than men to have a DNR order. And this is often established within the first 24 hours of resuscitation. Now, many of you listeners know and have heard perhaps me or others on this podcast talk about the importance of delayed neuroprognostication. So one might wonder why people are getting DNR orders in the first 24 hours following cardiac arrest. It seems like you're setting yourself up to be a little pessimistic about outcomes, and women uh, seem to have DNR orders at a much higher rate. Again, we don't know what's behind this. Is this because there's a perceived difference in outcome? Is this because uh, family representatives are more likely to feel that uh, the patient might not want this if, if they're a woman? Is this because women are better about talking about their uh, advanced directives than men? We don't know. But we do know there's a difference, and it's potentially a worrisome difference. Uh, if indeed this isn't uh, by desire or by predetermined uh, wishes of these family members, this seems to imply that women might be getting less aggressive care, which is consistent with the cardiac arrest cath data. Now, to now take a step backwards and look at another issue related to cardiac arrest gender differences, this isn't just about post-arrest care. Even during cardiac arrest and CPR itself, there are noticeable and measurable differences in the way genders are treated. And this third uh, chapter of my uh, discussion today focuses on care during CPR itself. 
And I wanted to highlight the work of uh, Audrey Bluer and colleagues. Uh, she was a member of our team and is now a faculty member at Duke. And very recently, we published work in the journal uh, Circulation, Cardiovascular Quality and Outcomes. This, again, was from 2018, so fairly recent work. Uh, and this was an evaluation of men and women receiving CPR. Data came from the Resuscitation Outcomes Consortium, a large out-of-hospital registry in the United States, and what Dr. Bluer found was that men and women get CPR at different rates in the public sphere. So when we looked at patients, cardiac arrest patients, who had cardiac arrest in the home, men and women had the same rates of CPR. But when they had it in public or in, the, in some form of public sphere, that is not in their private residence, men got CPR at a significantly higher rate and had greater survival than women. Now, when this paper came out, it made a bit of a splash, and it um, was one of the sparks for the development of what's called a womanikin, the idea being that perhaps men and women get CPR at different rates because we train on relatively male-looking mannequins, um, and so a company has come out with a device to basically place uh, uh, breasts on a mannequin so that people can become more familiar and comfortable with doing CPR on a female morphology. Um, I think that's a very interesting direction. We'll see if it takes hold and if it gets used more often, but it speaks to an important difference during CPR itself. Like these other studies, we don't know enough about the process. We don't know our people afraid to touch women in public? Are more men potentially rescuers? Uh, we just don't know. But we do know that this is a worrisome finding. We would hope that men and women in cardiac arrest would get CPR at the exact same rates um, and therefore having the best chance for outcomes. So in summary, what we find here is there's a tremendous amount of difference between men and women during CPR, during post-arrest evaluation for DNR ordering, during cath, and then we find some real biologic differences on cath between findings. So there is a lot left to learn about gender differences, and I think there's going to be some important clues here from the biological side about potentially treatments that we could offer. So for example, if men and women have uh, angiographic findings at different rates, does that speak to our ability to have a propensity analysis to tell us how likely the patient is going to need a cath? The COAC trial took all patients. Maybe we need to be more sophisticated, and maybe gender could be one thing to work into the model. I don't know. This is all work that needs to be done. Uh, but it's important to recognize these differences are across the board in cardiac arrest and post-arrest care. Now I'd like to uh, see if Felipe has any questions on this, and perhaps we can have a little discussion on where we go from here uh, with gender. So what do you think of all this, Felipe? Well, Ben, that's super interesting. Um, I have one question for you, and, and that is uh, I've seen from some data that there is a established difference in the overall survival um, between men and women uh, following cardiac arrest. And uh, perhaps that part of that, those differences can be explained by some of the biologic uh, mechanisms that, uh, that exist underlying um, <clears throat> the pathologies that trigger uh, cardiac arrest. Um, is that something that perhaps could explain some of the findings we're seeing in, in this uh, European studies? And the follow-up question I have is the study, at least uh, the study from the Swedish group, is a study Study that is obviously going to represent a European population. Um, are those findings or differences that we can perhaps uh, translate or expect to find uh, similarly in the United States uh, in, in our population um, as well? Yes, Felipe, that's an important point. There are a number of publications that have looked at some of the biologic difference in survival 
following resuscitation. And it's true that in general, in aggregate, uh, studies have shown that women have better survival once pulse is established. So patients with ROSC, on average, women survive at a somewhat higher rate. And of, of course, studies have shown different rates, and I'm sort of generalizing here. But there has been this theory, um, this notion that perhaps estrogen is protective for ischemia reperfusion injury. And this has been studied in other fields. For example, in traumatic brain injury, there's some thought that estrogen and uh, other corticosteroids related to femininity, uh, so certain progestins, may be protective um, after traumatic brain injury. They may be protective um, after cardiac arrest. And, and this uh, may have to do with modifications of inflammation. My sense of the literature is it's not entirely clear what the mechanism of these things are. Um, but it is true that women tend to survive cardiac arrest once the pulse is established at a higher rate. So that's interesting. And it really then, if that's true, it really throws into stark relief Perman's findings that women are given DNR at a higher rate. If they're more likely to survive, the biology would suggest we shouldn't be making them DNR at a higher rate unless indeed this is all appropriate and the women were more likely to actually have established um, DNR orders or their wishes beforehand. We just don't know and that requires more study. Nonetheless, there are clearly biologic differences uh, between genders in the way that we respond to ischemia reperfusion injury. And, and this may have to do with the risk of clotting, this may have to do with the risk of inflammation, other uh, the mechanisms of post-arrest care. So there's a lot more work to be done there. And, and some of those differences have yet to be exploited in, in trials. So some cardiac arrest trial work is likely still to be done to look at some of these differences and see if they can make an impact. So there's that. Now, your other question was looking at a process question of, of post-cardiac arrest cath. Um, to my knowledge, and, and maybe some of our listeners are, are more aware than I am, I have not seen a comprehensive look in any large U.S. registry of the rates of cath following cardiac arrest in men and women. Certainly, there are studies looking at CAF more generally for ACS and MI between genders and have found disparities in a variety of settings. But um, to my knowledge, anyway, uh, the post-arrest CAF study like the Sweden one has not been done in the U.S. It probably could be done through something like the NCDR registry, um, um, which is a, a registry looking at CAF, of which a subset are cardiac arrest. So anyone listening who wants to get involved in this work, it would be interesting to know if women get CAF at a lower rate than men following cardiac arrest as well. So it just is one more highlight of just how many questions remain to be answered in post-cardiac arrest care, and, and especially with respect to gender. I think that's a good place to wrap this up. Thank you, Ben. We appreciate the review of this interesting topic. And for listeners out there, uh, remember to follow us on Twitter at PenTTM. Make sure that you send us your questions and propose topics that you would like us to review in the future. That is all for today from the CRS at University of Pennsylvania. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.